Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. The Love Code, what a great name, right? Because The Love Code is really here to give you the strategies, to give you the inspiration, and to give you a, a path to follow, to support you in this journey of reclaiming the truth about who we are, opening our hearts, and allowing us to truly step into the great healing power, the healing force that we are, and to live a life in joy. And it's a pleasure to have you with me today, because as always, the Love Code is a time to be inspired and to allow us to truly remember who we are and the greater purpose for why we're here. If you are listening to the very first time, I always like to welcome my new listeners, and I'm so happy that you are a part of this growing community. I invite you to go to my Facebook page and like me there. The Facebook page actually is named for the other program that I do on Progressive Radio Network, which is What Women Must Know. So if you go to What Women Must Know and like me there, you will get the archives of all the Love Code shows in addition to What Women Must Know shows, which is another great avenue for education. Or you can go to my website, which is drcherylbellman.com, and just opt in there, and I will send all of the shows out to you in addition to whatever other information and inspiration and education that I share with my community. So I invite you to come along, be part of getting empowered with the knowledge to truly, truly step into who you really are and how to live this life with grace and navigate it with love. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about love, and I'm really thrilled because we have Santa Mendelssohn back with us. This is part two. We're going to be sharing the messages that she has received from the animal channel that she is about love. And we have uh, a gift being given to us from the animals about the true nature of love, all kinds of love, whether it's romantic love, whether it's divine love, whether it's love as a frequency that has created the universe, a lot of different facets of this word that we call love. And we're going to be receiving so much wisdom from the animals. So a little bit about Sandra, if you were not able to listen to my first interview, which happened last week, Sandra Mendelssohn is a channel of consciousness via the animal world, an animal communicator, author, speaker, and blogger. She brings forth wisdom and insights from the animal kingdom for the benefit of humans. Her role in facilitating deeper understanding between humans and non-humans evolved from her work in human and animal nutrition and healing as a certified polychromatic light therapist, equine photopuncture therapist, and health coach. She's also the author of several books, and we have Sandra back because it was so inspirational to have her on the show last week. There's so much more wisdom that she has been receiving, and I really wanted her to share it with all of you. And me. <laughs> so it's great to have Sandra back. And it's I just want to thank you, Sandra, for your time, for the beautiful work you're doing. And 
the great, great healing inspiration that you offer all of us. So I'm so looking forward to the um, conversations that you've received from your animal wisdom keepers with us today. Oh, thank you. And by the way, that is a wonderful term <laughs> because they are indeed um, wisdom keepers. Um, you know, we humans talk so much and think so much about love, especially as we're waking up on our spiritual paths, if you will, you know, understanding that it's an ex- love is, is who we are. It's our very essence. It's, it, it embraces all. Um, but to now consider um, how love might be perceived and experienced by those outside the human condition um, really gives us whole new angles and understanding. And um, that's why it's exciting for me to share this. So um, would you like me to just dive right in? Because we've got, as we mentioned, human romantic love and self-love, divine love. You know, we've got several things that <laughs> animals have shared. Lots of love. It's like, a loving show. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Sandra, before we jump in, for people who may be listening for the very first time, why don't you just uh-huh. briefly share your journey that brought you to doing this um, very beautiful work? Well, to make it uh, in, you know, 40,000 gallons of chicken soup into a bouillon cube. Um, as uh, when I was working on a horse, um, so I had evolved my career from corporate into health coaching and then working with light therapy and then working on animals with light therapy. And um, I noticed that the animals respond much faster than the humans. So I always can under- get the confirmation that something was working, whether it was Reiki or the light equipment or um, because the animals would respond so fast. So one day uh, in a bitter cold barn when I was alone with a horse and I was on the ground and I heard this deep voice boom in my head, this hay is crap. And about five minutes later, one of the uh, horse moms, a human, walked in and said, there's mold all over the hay. And uh, about a few weeks later, when I put away my equipment, I heard a deep voice from the horse I was working on. I assumed it wasn't me. You know, why are you wasting your time with this equipment? Why don't you just run energy? The horses are waiting for you. And a few days later, he said, when the barn closes at 4 o'clock, we can drop the facade and be our true selves. We hear the birds speak. The plants speak. Everything speaks. And more information came up, and I started to hear some burblings from horses in the barn, and I didn't know what to do with all of this. And I sat on it for three years. I kept getting uh, clients or friends and and acquaintances would have an issue with their horse, and I would hear information. I would see an image of the horse behind my eyes and just hear answers that the the veterinarians and the trainers and uh, could could not get. And then when I moved to Florida, um, I was very blessed to meet uh, an extraordinary woman who has a barn full of extremely wise horses. And <laughs> what I started to hear sounded akin to what you would hear from the Dalai Lama, uh, Deepak Chopra, posthumously Wayne Dyer. In fact, what I heard from a horse named Honeybee I then heard from the mouth of the Dalai Lama four months later, and my jaw just hung open. So um, it started with that, and the horses kept 
pushing me. You know, they after they, they just kept sharing stuff, and then they told me to ask pointed questions, and then they said, you know, tune in to anyone from anywhere. Just ask permission. I'm like, I can't do that. And then creatures like a blue whale and a sacred cow from Mumbai and a water buffalo came through. And, and a lot of stuff was Googleable. In other words, facts about how they do what they do in, you know, in their lives. That gave me the confidence that I wasn't making up the rest of it. And 53 species later, um, I had my first book, We Walk Beside You, which came out with a, uh, at the same time as a deck of animal message cards with people kind of like little sound bites. And it's been a journey ever since. I think I'm now up to 85 species um, of the land, sea, and air. And uh, I am in constant awe. Um, but I, the new book that's coming out um, is completely geared to humans. It's animal inspiration that, that can help us to be read, you know, one inspired insight at a time. So we can inc- incorporate these things as we we desire into our life and it's for, for more understanding and acceptance and joy. It's such a beautiful story and the, the gift that you have to be able to receive these communications because, um, you know, this is a time when we're reconnecting with nature when it's so critically important to reconnect with nature. Humans have operated, uh, <laughs> at least in recent history, with the belief that they are the superior beings and all, all other creatures on Earth are, are kind of at our whim, so to speak. And what you are doing is helping us to remember what ancient cultures and indigenous cultures have understood, that there is wisdom all around us, that all of life, mm. all of nature is offering us wisdom from, you know, from animals to plants to the you know earth itself there is communication there is wisdom if we are open and our culture has really taught us to shut down and to stay into our you know our intellect mm-hmm. so part heart is where we receive heart is in, in according to chinese medicine the soul resides in the heart and opening your heart is opening to your intuition and to these gifts. So that mm-hmm. you know, that's the journey you are on and inspiring us through the messages. So we're going to be talking today about the many frequencies and understandings and experiences of the word we call love. And I say that mm-hmm. because love is a frequency. It's not a word. Yes. So why don't we yes. just jump in? I know you've got so much to share with us. I'm just going to let you run with it, Sandra. Okay, let's go. Well, probably one of my favorite experiences when uh, I was channeling We Walk Beside You, um, and I was asking, of course, I started asking about love, and a gorilla showed up and started to talk, and then a camel interrupted him. (laughs) And I had no idea if I would hear back from the gorilla. And the next day, I was walking my dog, and there on the side of the path was this big furry thing, and I flipped it over, and it was a stuffed gorilla. So that night I heard, did you like Did you like the little sign I left for you? I couldn't resist. Now, where were we? Okay, and here is, I love that. I just, that was great. Okay, so here, here is the, the gorilla on, on human romance. She's laughing. On human romantic love. All right, here we go. Ah, yes, love. Humans do some stupid things in the name of romantic love. Most of them walk around with a sense of lack as a vessel to be filled by another person instead of a vessel 
full, ready to share its contents with another. Oh, what a mess this creates. The, quote, romantic thing is unique to humans. It causes extremes of pleasure and pain and has addictive qualities to it. I also know that for humans, the sharing of bodies causes much pleasure and pain. It isn't singular in purpose. Its boundaries are less defined. The act is emotionalized, and it is assigned a significance that involves a person's entire definition of self. How did this happen? I am so sorry for humans as you suffer greatly in this regard. The energy exchange between human bodies is also tied in with the expectation of, quote, what will you be or do for me? This is where humans diverged from the laws of nature and caused themselves so much trouble. In the animal world, well, the experience of love is much easier, clearer, and simpler for us than it is for humans. In the animal world, love is a steady fire, warm, soft, kind, understanding, patient, and free of all judgment and comparison. Love is values and choices put into action, choosing the high road for the best of everyone to the best of your ability. We allow for base instincts to take over to procreate and enable the continuation of life, but that is short-lived and purposeful. Also, we don't identify with our bodies emotionally. They are merely a shell, a suit. Yes, you must care for them and love them, but not identify with them, for when they are injured, scarred, or weathered with age, your internal light is not. Wow. That was my favorite one. I also heard, you know, from a snake and an alligator, but they were were less than, I I didn't think we needed to focus on them because there's so much else to share. You know, they kind of called Mm -hmm. us humans out on things like manipulation and lack of longevity and things like that in love, but... Um, I also received insights from lo- on love from specific species that, so it, the, the, in, the insights really clearly reflect their mission and the lessons that they're learning in their current form. For example, from a dog, we know dogs are unconditional love. And this is what my dog had to say about love being our true purpose. I hear people asking about their purpose. People have to stop and love more. Love is the purpose. Love is what made me find you. I had to tune into your signal and then find a path to get me there. It wasn't easy, but it was my purpose, the purpose. You don't have to worry what your next step will be. Love will take you there. Keep talking to the love in your heart. Ask it what it wants you to do, not anything outside of you. The answers are not in your brain either. I see you run around and worry about what the next step is instead of asking, well, where will love take me today? Where can I express it most? With or to whom or what? It may surprise you where you go when you ask this question, but trust me, no traditional path will take you where your soul needs to be. Start small where it feels easiest to love with people who welcome it. You can, with time, move on to giving love to those who reject it as they are covered by emotional wounds and scars. You just work your way up the scale to ever more challenging situations. 
this is how you evolve in love. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, how did you how did you connect with your dog, who who is very wise? <laughs> oh, brother, talk about kismet. Um, I saw him online uh, on on a website. Um, and now I just forgot the name of it. Oh well, I'll, it'll come later. And he was uh, on the other side of the state. And other everybody else was asking, you know, three hundred dollars or so for an adoption fee, and and this guy was asking twenty five dollars. So I said, okay, what's wrong with the dog? Well, I spoke to the guy on the phone, and his voice cracked as he was fighting back tears, and he said, it's just such. I'm going to cry myself. He's just such a special dog that I didn't want the money to stand in the way. So. I headed out across the state. I, I got to my car. I had flat tires, you know, one of those. He, I get there. He trots down the driveway, licks me on the nose. We go upstairs, and he falls asleep with his head on my lap. And we drove the whole three and a half hours back with him riding shotgun, not a peep, not any noise, and he had a smile on his face. And this dog is not like a golden retriever. He doesn't just smile ad nauseum. And it was it was kismet. I don't know how else to say it except I learned something that might be of use to your listeners. I have had, I had a client say, how did that kitten know to run right to my daughter? You know, we're talking about an animal that whose soul you have been with before. How did they find you again? And a cat told me, all who you have ever loved remains a part of your energy field and is carried forward through time. You might say it's like following the North Star or a bell calling us home. So when they come back, they tune into that energy, their own energy that is part of your energy field, and that's how they find you. And they can only make suggestions to your subconscious, so you will, you know, want to go to the shelter that day or cross the state. It's fascinating. It's how spirit gets through to us and, and those who have crossed over. They can suggest to your subconscious. Well, they say to your higher self that knows the best course of action and makes the sound loud enough so you hear it as a thought in your head. This is how animals influence our thinking and so does spirit. It's just it's fascinating. <laughs> well, so it's like, you know, people all of a sudden get a, you know, they don't know why, but they get a, you know, feeling it let's well, I think I want a dog and let's go down to the the rescue or or check out the paper. You don't know why you suddenly have that impulse. That's true for so many things. You don't know why you want to go to that coffee shop or you don't know why you mm-hmm. want to be on that particular trip, right? Because we don't understand mm-hmm. that these impulses that we don't have logical awareness of are actually being communications or becoming communications that we're receiving uh, by our yes. soul to be on mm-hmm. this journey, right? To, to, because yes. that's the only purpose of of our life is to be on this journey. I'm just curious, what made the owner give him away? Um, well, he was found. This young man found Mr. T on the side of the road, unrecognizable as a dog. He saw a blob, did not know what kind of animal it was, which tells me that he was out there for a very long time on his own. I actually hired an animal communicator who told me he kept running away and the family was fined and they they dumped him on the side of the road. Um, Anyway, so he saw this blob uh, running across the road. He left his car door open, and the blob ran into his car, (laughs) jumped inside, and he kept him for a year, but his landlord told him he had to get, you know, let him go because he had too many animals. And 
I'm so glad that that's the one that he decided to let go of because and, I, he's and, awesome. And, I mean, in that journey of how, in that message of how they find us, what a journey. So, I mean, what a journey he's had to get to you in this lifetime. Right. What he had to go through to get to you. Yep. And, and, you know, that's, but maybe it'll help us as we realize we have to go through trials and tribulations, you know, that build wisdom. But in order to get to, you know, our lessons sometimes. So the lesson is in the in the struggle or the journey, um, but the, and then then there's another lesson in the achievement of you know a connection uh, or an, an awareness. So yeah, um, they they really work it. Wow. They really work it. They, they choose how they wow. see things. They choose to look for the good. So um, I have more for you because. You know, we know okay, dogs are unconditional. But thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> I mean, that is, that story in itself is inspirational and and uh, really expresses this this journey that our souls are on to help us find the true, you know, true healing experiences and relationships that we need. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, just to to move on. Um, Horses are extraordinarily harmonious animals. To them, love equals creating harmony. And if you think about it, when your goal is to create harmony, you're not in your ego. You're not driving something. You are going with the flow and interacting. And it, I mean, so so here is here's some stuff that a couple of horses uh, shared with me. All of us here in the barn come from different places and stories and have learned how to work and live together. This is the example we set for humans. Can you see it? We don't quibble about minor things. Love is not something that people understand. They think it's a pretty picture like in a movie and they only have expectations of receiving it. They have it backwards. Love is something that comes from inside you because it's what you're made of. You have only to let it out. The universe gives back to you what you send out, so the love will always flow back to you. And this is such a horse thing about how they love us humans. Love means getting out of your shell when it's tough, stretching what you thought you were capable of. It means showing up when you don't want to or your leg hurts. Love is working when you're in pain because you don't want to disappoint the person. Love is doing something over and over again until you get it right, even if you want to give up after the first try. So I wish that people that had horses would understand the deliberate intention to love. You know, they think, okay, the horse is listening to me. They're not understanding it is an intention. It is a choice on the part of the horse because they are leading with love. That's why they do and what they do and that why they tolerate so very much from us. Right. You know, you think how big that animal is, right? How big it is and how for, I would imagine the majority of horses who are domesticated or trained, how obedient they are. Even mm-hmm. though they're so big, they could do whatever they want to do. They don't have to listen to someone, you know, turn the lane to the right or to the left. They can go, you know, heck with you. <laughs> I'm not doing any right? of that. Right? And, you but know, you do. see horses, horses on property. They could hop that fence at any time. 
It's like people don't understand they're choosing to stay there and they're not worried about where they're going to get their next meal. They are partnering with humans. So, yes, you are absolutely right. I think um, one of the reasons that we get such amazing insights from the animals on love is because of the oneness principle. In the animal world, loving another equals it is the same thing as loving yourself. They experience oneness in a way that we don't. They see the web of life that connects all living things. Well, we have to grasp the concept mentally. So here an orangutan, an orangutan came through and told me, I teach my babies, as I love a tree, I love me. They learn this way of love in regard to everything. I even teach them how to give themselves hugs. And my dog, I said, I asked him, I said, Titi, how do you love yourself? He said, by fulfilling my purpose. I said, but your purpose has always been to take care of me and love me. It's all the same, he said. And so that means that by loving me, you love yourself? Yes. <laughs> he wasn't feeling very wordy that day. Um, <laughs> you know, nothing more yeah. needs to be said. <laughs> it's all the Pretty same. clear. Now, we, we humans are still struggling with, with the duality that we live in. I don't care how much you leave your body. You know, we're still in a dualistic world. So we, we won't see the, what the animals see. You know what I mean? And that's okay. We're not supposed to be them. We chose this human journey for a reason. Um, yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it on back to the next topic because as I was asking about love, you know, first they came through with romantic love and they talked about um, really, you know, loving self is, uh, is the same as loving another. And then one animal after another started coming through to talk about self-love. And I never even asked the question. So here is a crow and then a kangaroo and a sheep. And uh, let me know if I am not on, if I'm going too long because they have plenty to say. All love is a crow. All love is self-love because you are part of everything. So by loving anything, you love you too. Animals don't see any distinction here while humans feel separate from the whole. The picture looks so different through our eyes. It's like we speak this language from birth and humans have to learn it and translate it into a two-step process. Nonetheless, it can be accomplished. So self-love. For humans, taking time to sit with something is key. And then to be honest with yourself about the answer that comes up. Maybe you know a partner isn't good for you, but you won't admit it because you think being alone is worse. But years go by and then you have to admit the truth, except it's much harder to leave now. The threads have been sewn tighter and tighter between the two people. So... Self-love is self-honesty, self-care, and self-preservation all rolled into one. Self-love is sometimes breaking your own rules because they no longer serve you and you created them when you knew less about yourself and life. And yes, it's important to remember that by being part of everything, you cannot truly be loving yourself when you are being cruel and hurting another living being. You are both getting hurt. It is inescapable, this truth. Ah, And then there was a kangaroo who literally came through with a name. He was a pet kangaroo in Australia named William. (laughs) Sometimes they, you know, I I hear from consciousness, you know, the voice, the oversoul of an entire species or or genus. Um, Other times I 
speak to animals directly when I'm in front of them and or hear them. And other times they come through with the name that they were given from humans, either in in form or in spirit. So here is William the Kangaroo. Do you understand what self-love really means or how far it extends? It means not believing the wobbly feeling in your gut when someone criticizes you. When someone points at kindly what you might consider doing better, self-love means taking time to digest what they're saying and asking if it is really true or not. Don't forget, their agendas, broken parts, and egos talk too. Self-love also means noticing where your own mind goes because it can tell you lies about who you are, lies that cripple you with pain, label you, and pigeonhole you. This may be the root of all suffering and the hardest lesson to learn of all. Self-love means knowing your essential worth without any proof based on no results at all. People that heal from things and rise beyond their own expectations and circumstances have learned that loving themselves above all is the key. The more you love yourself, the more you heal physically and emotionally as a result. Then, a sheep. Self-love is much more than not putting others' wishes and desires before your own. And that is a big lesson by itself takes a lot of finesse, as we know in the human world, on how to find balance. Self-love, or the lack of it, is an indicator of how you handle anything and everything. If you love yourself, you get the vote of confidence that you can succeed in the face of any challenge and you don't fall into self-doubt. It is knowing that being true to yourself is the priority and that you won't sell out for any amount, any lifestyle, anything or anyone. Self-love means not only being patient with yourself, but also with the universe and its time frame for delivering the best scenarios for your growth and happiness. It is remembering that you are worth the wait. (laughs) Self-love is knowing that if you were supposed to be an angel, you would be, and that if you showed up in the world as the person you are, it is for a reason. Hopefully, this will give you some degree of comfort. Nothing is an accident, least of all you. You know, I can't help but marvel at the wisdom. I mean, you know, what they're sharing, wherever it comes from, is, you know, as profound as any spiritual teaching we have from, you know, great, great teachers of all traditions. It's really... Uh, the same message and it's just you know it just it's, it's reminding us you know these are great messages to have every day of our lives because it's the big context right it's putting the big picture in front of us so we don't forget and lose sight of the, mm-hmm. the real reason we're here and, and how it really works here i love that so it's like it's, it's just letting love guide you that's you know, so profound to me. Just trust, yeah, letting the love guide you yeah. in life. And, you know, we tend to remember something when it's repeated. And we we feel it's validated when we hear it from unrelated sources. So it doesn't matter if you've read a bunch of Hay House books or you've had your loved ones channeled or you hear the Dalai Lama speak or you hear stuff inside that's from your higher self or your guides. It's all connected. And the animals. 
all the same. Um, in fact, Louise Hay used to say she's got all these authors basically saying the same thing in different ways. So one or more will get through to, that, to, to you and to you and to you. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's a reminder. Um, and then a, a couple of more uh, channelings, that shorter channelings that I've gotten about the experience of love being a very real energy that actually holds together everything that you see. So all animals, sometimes I hear from the whole animal kingdom, said love is the living fabric between all living things. It holds together the threads that make up the web of life. And by the way, the insects, it is the insects that weave those threads. They live an egoless existence, actually weaving the, the web of life, weaving the threads like fiber optic cable. I love that one. Anyway, so they, the, the animal said, so you see, you are already bound to each other by love, even if you don't know it. And this horse named Ruggy was about to be sold by her human. And she said, love is all there is. Do you see that? Do you know that? Everything else is just form, thought form, tangible form. Love is the glue the background that holds all the forms together. When humans break the bonds of love, they actually destroy everything. My heart bleeds for you humans who have forgotten who you are. You are love and you break yourselves and each other with your forgetfulness. You must honor the love inside you. That's such a powerful message. How how, how we... When I hear that, it's like when we are operating in a way that is disconnected from love, what a dissonance we put out into the world. You know, it's like the the disharmony Mm -hmm. that's created. Yes. Everywhere, in ourselves and, and, and everywhere, you know, and everywhere around us. God knows how far it goes out, you know, who's, how how far it's it's, impacting, right? It's in, that's right. It's in the field. It's in, we put it into the field. And yeah. and so, you know, for people that don't know why am I here, what's my purpose, it's, it's, it's every thought and intention. And by the way, if you don't think that I need constant reminding of this, you know, you get mm-hmm. so much right. information and the animals keep saying, you know, it takes time to integrate these things. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's like a pendulum swinging. You get the information and then you have to, and then it swings back and you have to process it and integrate it into your life and your being. So, that's why the next book is because going to it's be not an. To be read. I, mean, I was going to say because it's not an intellectual process. It's, you know, you are integrating a frequency in your being, and you have lots of opportunities in the life every day to practice integrating a frequency to becoming that frequency. It's not a thought. It's to be. It's that frequency is is. Um, you you elevate that frequency by how you live every day, how you practice, what you do, mm-hmm. the behaviors, the thoughts that you choose to have are all contributing to the potential to elevate the frequency. Exactly. Even and we know the animals, that's why the animals are so compassionate toward us. They see, they know what we are subject to. The huge amounts of information, the do's, the don'ts, the religion, the government, you know, we are pounded with, with information that tells us what to think, what to believe, and who we are. 
And the animals know it's so much easier for them to experience spirit or be in a state of love. And they still have to work it because we, you know, the closer they are to us, the more trauma and, and, and pain they experience. But that's one of the reasons they are so compassionate towards us. Otherwise, they would have given up on us a long time ago. So, um, finally, divine love. And when I was channeling, and we walked beside you, a wolf came was coming through, and I passed out and fell asleep, and the pen went like off the page. And the wolf came back two more times saying, you know, this is a lot of energy. I'll come back until you get it all. Um, so divine love, according to the animals, is always available. It has an endless supply, and it's felt only in solitude. This is what the wolf said. Know that there is treasure buried within you. I'm here to tell you there is. It is your true nature, and it is the presence of divine love that you'll find there. You cannot access this when you are in the company of another. You can access human love and compassion then, but divine love is a one-on-one experience. It is felt only in stillness. And then a horse named Hugo shed a little bit of more light on this connection with divine love and spirit. We animals always look to spirit, which they also call God, the all, the great gardener, the greater, or all that is, and maybe other things, but that's what I got. So we always look to spirit for help. We never have issues of guilt or worry that we are asking too much. The supply of love and energy is limitless. You limit yourselves by not tapping into it. So Really, living a different way means taking the time to ask. Taking the time, easy, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing, because we, we don't have proof with our five senses most of the time that, that it is all around us. Some of us, like, you know, you close your eyes and you see waves of love behind your eyes. You know, we all can experience it in different ways. And sometimes we just have to know that it's there. And as silly as we feel, Practice talking to spirit. Practice talking to the divine love inside. Like Mr. T said, you know, about the love inside you. So, um, and, and I want to I, I okay. just add the, the other, uh, Sandra, the other thing that really struck me in, in, um, from the wolf is mm-hmm. the importance of silence. Um, more, more than ever, we are in a constant state of distraction. More than mm-hmm. ever with all our devices, uh, as I see it, and, and I get caught up in that as well. So we're always distracted, um, being entertained, um, whether it's, you know, checking the Internet, whether it's watching television, whether it's, you know, going, doing, whatever, uh, you know, that mode. And what, um, what, what that message was from the wolf is that silence and time inward is essential to make that connection for of of whatever you want to call it of our soul of love essential for healing for healing anything essential for being guided in one's life we have to carve out time to be silent you know it doesn't mean to go on a silent retreat but it's probably a really good idea to do every once in a while it just mm-hmm. means carve out time every day, you know, and it's not, I, I don't believe it's a lot of time. I don't think we have to spend hours in meditation, but if you can give yourself 15 minutes or if you can 
um, just go for a walk without your devices, you know, around mm-hmm. the block or go to a park or just sit in the backyard on the grass. Mm-hmm. And, sitting under you know, sitting under see. three times. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and that it it's um you know, it's kind of a blinding flash of the obvious and probably wouldn't have been so important in previous times when we weren't as distracted. But more than ever we're distracted and more than ever we're disconnected from our inner guidance because we don't give ourselves time to be. You make you connection. absolutely nailed the nailed it on the head. A leopard said, "You you cut yourselves off from when you're in do mode." And I think the the toughest addiction of all, at least for me, is the addiction, as a bear said, to doism. Even if you're not watching TV, you know, just doing, taking care of blah 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 in your life. And if I if if we do not switch into receive mode, which is turn it all off and have no expectation, just be still, then we block guidance from our higher selves, from the divine, you know, from the teachers all around us. And when you look at all spiritual traditions, they always have meditation and quiet time and reflection time or solitude as a part of that spiritual path, which we can, you know, fully appreciate with all (laughs) <laughs> the wisdom we're getting is is because that's that's the path to connect with your soul. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how much time do we have? Because I I just have a couple have, of little. Do we have time? We have time. Okay. We have time. Yeah. So um, here we go. So animal suggestions on how we can experience more love in our everyday lives. So as we know, since horses' view is based on harmony, they suggest that we grasp that our job is see all is all is as it is, and our job is to move along with it, you know, or let it move away, but not to go into resistance against what is, not to push. So when you can, according to horses, when you can find what we just talked about, stillness and harmony within yourself, when you rest in your heart space, it will emanate from you, and you will then be able to understand what love truly is and what it's like to share this with another. That's huge, you know, because you could say, well, what does that mean? You know, I can't love somebody if I haven't found stillness and harmony. Um, we do get in a lot of trouble in love because we're really, we haven't found the peace. As Mr. T says, don't, you know, only when you find the peace can you really help another? Otherwise, your stuff goes on to them. So mm-hmm. true, really experiencing love is to feel peace and stillness and harmony first inside yourself. And, um, you know, here's a little, a little tip. These, these next three tips are really from the animals about uh, what, on a day-to-day basis, how to experience more love and raise your vibration. Uh, to love vibrations. So according to this horse, Hugo, keep love in your heart every day. Put your hand on your heart before you leave the house <laughs> or enter a barn. Vibrationally, you will shift into the good. Know that we, the animals, are here to help you. That's why we choose the high road. See yourself go through your day with peace and love in your heart. Feel the waves of love wash over you and see them emanating from you. You can all access this at any time. 
And then a beaver has his own method of tapping into the love inside of us. Look softly upon one being you love, your beloved, your child, your, your dog or cat. Hold that feeling inside of you like a beautiful colored ball of light. Make it your favorite color. And then mentally send that ball of light to each person you encounter, even online. Remember, energy and intention know no boundaries. Make it your mission to share the, the gift of your light with as many individuals as possible. This will bring you back so you are on purpose once again, just like a computer reboot. <laughs> so, you know, if you're feeling funky and you go, oh, how do I get into love? How do, you know, focus on someone you love. Imagine, you know, you're taking that feeling and it's now your favorite color of ball of light. And then, like, if you're sitting in traffic, just imagine, or anywhere, you know, if somebody's acting ornery online or anything, just throw those balls of light. Keep doing it. And then um, one more from all animals. To experience and expand the love within as you go about your daily life, try flipping the switch behind, behind your eyes as if you were turning on a pink light bulb that allows you to look softly upon everything around you. Truly see its beauty, not just observe it as you pass by. You will notice a calming effect come over you as your vibration rises by seeing through the eyes of love as we do. And they told me that, you know, we actually heal beauty when we acknowledge it. So when you look at a flower or you look at something, you're helping to heal it while you're admiring it. I thought that was pretty good. So bottom line is this. If you can remember nothing else from this presentation, find something to fall in love with every day, including yourself. Well, that is so beautiful. You know, beautiful messages, Sandra. I'm I'm curious if you have received any messages from your animal wisdom keepers about this time that we are in on the planet. Oh yes. Have they given you <laughs> any guidance? Can you share a little uh, bit of Oh my god, there's so helping us so with? much. I mean different sections of the upcoming book that will be out next month have to do with navigating and assisting in the awakening of humanity, um, manifestation, creating your reality from behind your eyes, fear, what if, not what is, um, gratitude and what we might be taking for granted in the human world that we're not aware of. Um, I, there's so very much I literally don't even know where to start. They talk about our bodies changing and becoming vessels of light and um you know, it's something the elephants told me that is not in the book. They see the map of of human, I don't know whether it's consciousness or history. So, for example, they don't, they didn't know COVID was coming, but they saw a hole in our map. There's much more that I haven't even gotten yet that is so incredibly deep. That's why I, I was happy when the elephants that are trekking across China right now came through. Imagine, I mean how acutely aware the animal kingdom is of what's going on in China energetically. Yeah, that, the, that, uh, can we just, can we just kind of focus on that for a minute? Because I saw an article that talked about this uh, strange occurrence that is going on that these, an, these, these elephants, there's a whole, you know, pack of elephants that are now, 
trekking through China, which has never been their territory, but they're actually, can you imagine going from Africa anyway or from India, wherever they came from, to go into China, which is pretty bizarre. Um, but which there is, are Asian elephants, like so they, you know. Mm-hmm. They must have gone from, yeah, or from Asia, whatever. But still yeah. a trek to get mm-hmm. to China from whether oh, it's yeah. Asia. Um, um, what is that about? What's going on? Well, I can read to you what they told me, and at that time, you know, several days, a week ago, they had already traveled over 500 kilometers, babies in tow. And, uh, you know, the the scientists think that maybe their leader took a wrong turn, but this is what they told me. Uh, It is. (laughs) um, The the elephants, there will be other type species of animals that will show up because the animals know we are running out of time. They understand the state of Mother Earth. And this is what they told me. We chose this place because there is so little light here. We are light workers, but we have been unable to get through and shift hearts here in China. We, have, we are running out of time, so we have taken it upon ourselves and taken to the streets, crossing this vast and magnificent land. This is the only thing we know to do to get humans to pay attention. We risk our lives and those of our children to deliver this message with our presence. And this I knew was like, this, they even know this about Chinese culture. This blew my mind. There is so much importance placed on holidays here, but we cannot wait for a holiday. To stand for what is sacred every day is a holy day. Let the people look us in the eye and know what they do to the earth, they do to us. There is no cohesion in this country. They do not make the connection between the beings of the wild they work so hard to preserve and sustain. And this is taking place in central China, where they have saved hundreds of thousands of acres set aside and created sanctuaries for endangered species from the uh, herons and pandas and so on. So they don't make the connection between that and the deadly poisons, that you know, the toxins, the poisonous technology, the chemicals, every facet of their production across industries that are destroying Mother Earth and countless living beings. How will the people respond to us? Will they speak up and use their voices or continue to accept blindly what business leaders and the rulers of their nation choose from greed and the lust to dominate? Will they see us? Will they see themselves? We will continue to picture or see the tremendous possibility in humans and envision only the best outcome, which is awakening. We ask the same of all of you who see. So I, it just, I, it's hard for me to read that and not be choky that they, you know, to assume that humans will make some kind of visceral, heartfelt connection between the fact that the elephants are walking into their city and what they are doing. You know, that's a big leap. It's a big leap. What a what a what a mission to to take, right? Um, yeah, you know, and um, what I gather from some of those messages that you just briefly uh, shared about the new book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, is that there is an awakening happening. That this is a time that is creating a, the potential for a shift of consciousness. And we're in we're in the phase of systems breaking down and chaos, um, mm-hmm. which is always what is required to bring in 
a new order, a new higher order. So we trust mm-hmm. that those, you know, messages are inspirations for us to, to get a bigger picture of what's going on during my office right now. We don't really Sorry, see the Timmy. bigger picture. That's exactly right. Sorry, my, we had a huge crash of thunder, and my dog just ran under my feet. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought he, I thought yeah, he had there, something important to say to us right now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's just, I mean, thunder and lightning. And it's just being a dog right he's, now. <laughs> he's great. No, he never does anything more than just kind of follow a little closely. He doesn't do anything else. One other thing about animals taking a stand, if you know anything about the horses that have died at the Santa Anita racetrack, um, in California, there were many horses that yes. were, that, yes. right? Okay, well, when I tapped into yes. the collective, they told me, and the elephants are even aware of this, they chose those bodies because they would not survive very long. They chose this intentionally to, to bring awareness to the damage that is happening in the racing industry. They chose this. Wow. Well, to I sacrifice mean, it's just my, my, that Right? It, I mean, wow. So, yeah, it's um, really noisy here, but I think with the well, thunder. <laughs> I, we're, we're good. We're right at the end of the show anyway, so we, we can hang in oh, there a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such an important time, such important um, lessons that we need to learn. So um, tell us about the book that's about to be released, how we can get it, and, um, and hey, well, thank we'll, you. we'll talk about some of the other books and all the other wonderful things you're doing, Sandra. You've got a lot oh, well. happening. Thank you. Um, again, thank goodness they gave me all of this because I wouldn't have anything to write about. Um, yeah, hmm. uh, the second We Walk Beside You book, uh, this one, uh, the first was Animal Messages for an Awakening World. This one is Animal Insights for Everyday Living. And um, I, I would like to say um, it's in layout right now, which is the last phase. Um, so maybe sometime in July, I'm hoping, uh, they're supposed to have it done you know, August at the latest. And this book is designed kind of like you would read the, the, the daily insight, you know what I mean? One page at a time to let it resonate with you. Um, there's still so much more I've received about, you know, this is how we do it, you know, animal ways, animal intention, animal energetic roles. I mean, there's a lot more. But this is for humans, specifically designed to help us. So um, that will be out in the summer. And uh, I do have two children's books out. It's a trilogy with Mr. T on the cover because it, <laughs> it was his idea. Um, and they're written in rhyme. So in, in short, his, his mission is uh, to have children realize how powerful they are because they have the ability to connect with animals. If, as he says, the abilities aren't covered over. Uh, if they're watered a little bit every day like a plant. So... Um, the trilogy, uh, two books are in, in print now. The first one is in the neighborhood where he takes the reader to meet different animals, and each one has a animal wisdom way, a special message. Um, so kids can, you know, start trusting their intuition, understand the power of the mind, basically um, tap into their multisensory abilities and be more like animals so they can receive messages, you know, from them. So, um, and I also have a deck of animal message cards that are out from the from We Walk Beside You because, um, again, sometimes the shortest messages are the ones that can impact us the most, and cards are always, you know, fun. Um, so that's what we've got so far. Wow. 
Well, well, you're doing such great work, and if people want to know more about you, they can go to your website, which is S. Mendel Fund, and I'm going to spell it so people are, are sure to get it correct, M-E-N-D-E-L, Mendel Fund, S-O-N dot com, and you also have a wonderful Facebook page, which is We Walk Beside You, We Walk Beside You. Um, so I think I think that's it, right? We've covered all the well, options. People can learn more. Well, there's about one more you. thing. What else? There's, there's okay, one, one more. Uh, there's also... <laughs> Um, again, I post on Facebook every day, and then there's also deeper channelings, more information at my blog. There's over 100 animal channelings there, and that's on the website as well. So it, it's just to make this stuff available to people in a multitude of ways, and there will be more ways that come that I come up with uh, in in the future. You know, everybody's asked me to translate the books into 9 million languages. <laughs> so I'm just trying to, um, you know, video it might be, something in the future, but I didn't want to be, you know, the Sandy show, um, talking head. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah. you're on a, a beautiful mission in life, Sandra. You're doing such great service. What a gift you have in being able to be the translator, the, the downloader <laughs> of these <laughs> wisdoms. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really so grateful for the wonderful work you're doing and sharing this wisdom teaching from these wisdom keepers out into the world. And thanks again for being here. And, you know, we'll have to do this again and we'll talk more about the great awakening that's happening now uh, down the track. We'll we'll organize another time, but I want to thank you for being with us and the beautiful work you're doing and thank all your animal wisdom keepers (laughs) for us out here in the human, human realm for their patience and guidance. And, uh, (laughs) You know, just encourage people to, to pick up your books and to get onto smendelson.com or We Walk Beside You Facebook page. Thanks so much for being with us today, Sandra. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And to everyone listening, thank you for being with me here and with my guests and learning and reconnecting. It's such a gift to be able to be inspired all the time. So until next week, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now. Bye.